Welcome to Passion Life Church. Come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause today. You know, at the start of the new year, we started a brand new series. I actually didn't know it was going to be a series. I just taught it because it was New Year's Day. I felt like it was on my heart. And I felt like God wanted us to stay here. And so we're going to be a couple weeks. And we've entitled it The Power of Priority. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. If we haven't seen you in a while, Happy New Year. Hope you had great holidays. Uh, we had an incredible Christmas Eve service. We had triple the attendance that we had um, on, on a Sunday. We had a first service second service, salvations. It was incredible. Heard great, great feedback. And again, want to thank everybody who helped, everybody who gave. It was a phenomenal day. And then last week, Miracle Sunday was just incredible. Just God has great things in store for 2020. But if we haven't seen you, we're so glad you're happy new year. You know, I think this new year, we're only 15 days into it. And something about the new year just brings that expectation of hope of something new. And I'm not really an antique person. I'm a new person. I like new. I like modern. And anybody excited about new things? things we're excited about new because I think that there brings a hope. And I think even 15 days in, we could still be thinking about some goals that we, we want to see happen in 2023. Maybe still evaluating some of the areas of our life that we feel like, man, they need to, to change. And maybe what are we still going to accomplish this year? And I definitely don't want this year to be like last year. Well, did you have a bad year, Pastor Phil? No, I actually had a good year. But I, here's what I, I realized. Good can be the enemy of God's best in our lives. And I don't want to settle for good if God has best in 2023. How many of you agree with that? And I think we could all agree today that life can be better than what we're currently experiencing. How many of you think that? That there is more that God has in store. But if we'll connect with him, we can experience that. But I think if we're going to step into all that God has for us this year, then we're going to have to have the right priorities. And what a great day, right? What a great time to reevaluate our priorities. I love this quote from Robert McCain. He said this, the reason most and major goals are not achieved is that we spend time doing second things first. You know what I've found as I've been studying priorities is that what you prioritize in your life, you empower. If you prioritize fear, you empower fear in your life. And you will live according to what you empower. You can empower everything that your friends say. And you can empower that over what God says. And then you're going to live and have the results that your friends have. But what we empower in our life is so important. And what a tragedy, I believe, that we would empower the wrong things in our life, things that don't bring us any closer to where we need to be. And so we've been looking at Luke chapter 10, verse 38, because we're learning about priorities from this story of Mary and Martha and how they, um, they respond to Jesus. Mary and Martha were uh, siblings to Lazarus. Lazarus was the one that Jesus raised from the dead. Have you found Luke chapter 10, verse 38? Let's read it together. Now it happened as they, talking about Jesus' disciples, as they went, he, Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha, everybody say Martha, welcomed her in her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Somebody say Mary. There's something about Mary. They should make a movie like that. Something about Mary. 
I don't know. She had a sister called Mary also who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So this tells us that Jesus is teaching. He's sharing his word. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me because that's really what it's all about. It's all about me, right? And Jesus said to her, uh-oh, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing, everybody say one thing, one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which I'm not going to take away from her. I'm not going to take her from this position. I've entitled today's message in part two, Uncommon Results. How to have uncommon results in your life. That's the reason why we're strategizing for 2023. That's the reason why we're thinking about what's going to happen because we want results maybe in our body, maybe in our finances. But I believe today that God wants us to have not just results, but uncommon results. How many of you believe that that can happen? As you look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38, There's a tension that's happening. There's a tension between Mary and Martha, and there's a tension that's happening that actually starts to become an argument that goes into, it actually, it it, it bleeds over into talking to Jesus about it, which I think is, is a great thing. But I've noticed in my relationship with people in counseling married couples that tension happens when there is unmet expectations. Everybody has expectations. But here's, I think, probably the primary reason offense happens and people are offended offended, is because they have unexpressed expectations that have led to their unmet expectations. Martha is expecting Mary to help her. Martha is expecting, watch this, Martha has a goal. I want my house clean. Martha wants, has a goal, and I like Martha because she's serving. She's a leader. She has people in her house, and she has a goal. She has expected results. I want to make sure that everybody in my house is fed. Are those good goals? Actually, those are great goals. But she actually thinks that if Mary helps her, everything's going to be all right. And sometimes we do this. Sometimes we expect people to do what only God can do in our lives. I know for, for me personally... Uh, I, I didn't under, I really didn't, as my first tenure as pastor, I didn't realize how many expectations people would have about me being a pastor. Some people would expect me to read their mind. Come on, somebody. Pastor Phil, you didn't know I wasn't feeling well? No, I, 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 I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that. I had one family, and obviously they don't directly tell me. They tell other people. They were mad at me because they were moving on a weekend, and they called me or texted me and invited me to come help them move from house to house, and I couldn't because Saturday is my study day because what good would it be that I go and help a family move, but then I show up, and there's two or 300 people, and I don't have a message. But you know what? In their expectation, my job as a pastor is to come help move their couch. Come on, somebody. We all have expectations. I had somebody that got mad at me one time. This kind of was kind of weird. I, I thought they were actually offended at me because they were going through something and I didn't respond to it. I didn't know about it because I didn't read their Facebook page. So at the end of the day, it got back to me that how come I didn't see that they were going through something on Facebook? My church family, I don't spend a majority of my time on Facebook. And if I do, I may post something, but I don't go through the whole news feed. But I'm just thinking my expectation is if you're going through something, how 
how about shoot a text? How about say, hey, pastor, I need prayer. No, because my expectation is you read my mind, and if you can't read my mind, you should be reading my Facebook. Come on, somebody. But we all have expectations. Have expectations of a, lot, of, of a lot of things. And when those expectations are met, that's what happens when people get offended. And so Jesus, the son of God in the flesh, I mean, he's at Mary and Martha's house. And uh, what's happening is he's teaching. And the first thing that Mary does is she just plops down and she starts listening to this word. My church family, listen, we need a word from God in 2023. You need to be attached to this word. You need to be reading this word. You You need to have a word. Why? Because when the storms of life come, it's like when Jesus told the disciples, we are going to the other side. He said that to them. They had a word. And when they went and they were in the middle of the sea, there was a storm. But it doesn't matter the storm when you have a word and God says you're going to the other side. It doesn't matter how powerful the storm is because God's word is more powerful. Does anybody believe that this morning? We need a word. And I like what Mary's doing. She's getting down. She's positioning herself. Her priority is Jesus. Her priority is his word. Her priority is worship first. Now, Martha's priorities are different. Martha's priority is I'm going to serve. Let me say it this way. Martha's priority is I'm going to do working. My church family, those are all good things. But today in this series, we're talking about the power of priority. Because what Mary does is she prioritizes worship before her work. One of the things I've learned is that if you'll prioritize his word and worship, it's that worship that makes the work work. Martha is work first. Mary is prioritizing the Lord of the work. Martha is prioritizing the work of the Lord. And look at the results. If you read, Martha's grumpy. Come on, somebody. Don't look at the person next to you. They're grumpy. They're complaining. Watch this. Not only they're complaining, they're blaming. She's blaming Mary before God. That Mary is her problem. So Martha's goal and her expectation is not wrong, it's good, but it's just not what we should do first. Martha's goal, I want to see everybody fed, right? Let's just say for today's sake, Martha has, and she wants to see certain results. What are they? I want hospitality in my home. Things, I want things to be good. But Martha's frustrated because she's not experiencing the results. Everybody say that with me. Say the results. She's not experiencing the, exalt, the results that she anticipated or expected. So she's really honing in on her sister. And I think this is important because she expects her sister to have the same priorities as she does. Can I just give us a caution this morning? Just be careful because there's going to be people this year that are going to try to bring you into their priorities, right? Martha's going a little cray-cray. She's troubled. Actually, Jesus says this. I'm not just picking on her. She's got so much going on, and she's trying to pick on somebody who has peace to get them out of that position of peace because of her priorities. And watch this, let's go there. It's her family. How many of you visited your family, right? And you're like, I haven't visited my family in two years. And then you go there and you're like, now I know why we don't visit. And we're probably not going to come back. And why? Because there were some things that you just, you wanted peace in your life. And you got into this conundrum of confusion, right? And you're like, oh, we don't have the same priorities. 
But this is what Martha's doing. And there's always going to be that in our lives. We live in a world with people who are distracted. We live in a world that while people are driving, they're texting. The other day, I ride in a truck, so I'm a little bit higher. I can see what's going on in, in people's. The other day, I saw a woman putting on literally her mascara while she was driving. The other day, I was looking to my surprise. I saw a man with a bowl of cereal while he was driving driving on the freeway. We live in a world where people's priorities, and I'm like, you're going to prioritize your life cereal? What about my life? Come on, somebody. So at that point, I said, in Jesus' name, angels, you take control. He was probably a charger. Never, never mind. Well, distracted. And you live in a distracted world. And so we're, we're going to have to be We're going to have to be focused, but Mary's frustrated because she's not experiencing the results. Now, here's what's cool about Mary. Mary may have expectations, but the truth is she's so focused on Jesus. Watch this. She doesn't really care what's going on around her. She doesn't care that there's drama. She doesn't, she's so, because her priority is Jesus. Now, watch this. Jesus is going to actually stick up for for Mary, and he's going to speak to Martha. And he says, Martha, because she's like, Jesus, if you could just get her to get up and help me, my life would be so much better. Jesus is like, listen, Martha, one thing is needed. That word in the original language in the New Testament is written in Greek, but that word, one thing, means the primary thing. What is that? Priority. The priority is sitting at my feet. And Martha, there's nothing wrong with being a hard worker. It's good. Serving is good. It's biblical. But the reality is if you will posture yourself first in my presence, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have peace. You're going to hear a word. You're going to know, Martha, you're loved. Not for what you do, but for who you are. You're going to know deep inner healing you're going to receive, Martha, my peace. You're going to experience, Martha, my joy. My church family, listen. Why is Jesus affirming Mary's priority, sitting at his feet? Because here's how God made us, and here's what God knows. And if you're taking notes, write this down. God knows that what we do comes from who we are. See, here... What Jesus is showing Martha, are you ready for this? Because you ready to go? Come on, somebody say, let's go. Come on, say, let's go. Say, preach it, white boy. I'm actually Puerto Rican, so now I'm offended. Here we go. Jesus is saying this, and I think this is going to help us. He's saying, Martha, listen, you need to understand, you can clean your whole house. You can make sure that there's no soap scum in your sink or in your bathtub. Your whole house can be clean. Everybody in this house can be fed, Martha. And here's the truth. I I want us to get this because I think this is so important. Here's what Jesus is saying. Martha, even if your whole house is clean and everybody's fed and you quote unquote hit your goal, you quote unquote hit your quota, you quote unquote get the results that you thought you'd have, the reality of it is, Martha, you would still be anxious. 
because here's the truth. It's not about what's going on in your house, Martha. It's about what's going on in your heart, Martha, that's giving the chaos. Because who you are and what you do, what you do flows out of who you are. She was turbulent on the inside. All the rest were just symptoms. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of your life. What's funny about this is that Martha thinks Mary has issues. But the issues were flowing from her whole heart. I like to follow other churches. I like to see what other churches were doing. And I saw that a, new ch- one, a church was doing this thing on habits, right? New you, new habits. Well, the truth is, is that you can have all the new habits, but until you have a new heart on the inside, your habits are an outflow of your heart. This is why God has to change your heart first. And when he changes your heart first, your habits change later. Religion says, I'm going to focus on your behavior. You did this wrong. I'm going to, no, you're wrong. You know, you are, and they just beat you over the head. And you're like, man, I just feel like quitting. I'm so frustrated. That's right. Religion changes you from the outside in. Jesus, by his grace, changes you from the inside out. And until your heart changes, your habits will never change. I'm more excited than you're amening today. And so Martha's focused on what she's doing. Jesus was focused on her whole being. It's the root that produces the fruit. So if I don't like the fruit in my life, I got to go inside and change the root. Can I hear a good amen today? So I don't know what your goals are. I don't know what results you want to see. I don't know. Maybe it's, Pastor Phil, I, it's my dream. I want to get a Tesla this year. That's my dream, Pastor. Oh, that's good. That's good. And you know what? I hope you get it because once you do, just help a brother out. Give a brother a ride to church sometime. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? I want you to get your, but here's my question to you. What good is it if you reach your goal, you got the results that you intended, but you have no peace in your heart? What is it if you're driving on the 15 in your Tesla, but you have no joy in your life? Have you ever tried to manufacture peace? Have you ever tried to manufacture joy? Do you know what? You can't. Do you know why? Because peace and joy are divine. They come from the presence of God. It's out of this world. It doesn't come from this world. It comes from God. So I hope that you have goals. I hope. But the reality of it is you could be like Martha and your whole house clean, but you're still depressed. And you're mad at Mary because you think Mary was going to solve your problem. And Jesus was basically saying, it's not Mary's issue. There's something that's going on in your heart that's causing not only for you to be troubled, watch this, but it's causing family drama. It's causing family drama. So I want to tell you today, I'm not preaching against results. What I'm saying to you today, God wants you to have results, but God wants us to have an uncommon results in our lives.
He wants the kind of results in your life. Watch this. Everybody look at me today. And I've seen this happen in my own life. And some of you, when I want to say this, you're going to say, man, Pastor Phil, amen. He wants uncommon results. What do I mean by that? Results that are beyond your intellectual capacity. Results, my church family, that are beyond your ability. He wants results in your life that were beyond what you were trained for. He wants, he wants results that are uncommon that go beyond your degrees. I'm not against degrees, but if you limit your life to just your degree, then you're limiting God. Because God can take you beyond all of these things. They're uncommon results. Listen, let's just, let's just whittle it down to this. It's the results that we say people look at your life and go, it only happened because it was God. Because I know you and yeah, you got it. Only. I remember when I became a pastor, it was never on my list. I'm not the kind of guy like, that's the title I want. I want to be a pastor. I, want to be, I was just serving people. And somebody said, hey, you're, you're a pastor. You have pastoral gifts. Great. I'm going to keep serving people. But when my friend from high school found out was a, I was a pastor, he still to this day can't believe it. Because I was the one that turned him on to smoking. I was the one that turned him on to drugs. I was the one that turned him on to cigarettes, which I got off, God freed me, but he, got, he never got free. He's still addicted to them today. And he's like, I can't, I can't believe that. I know, it's crazy. Because this is what happens when you allow God and you focus on him, he brings about results in your life that you couldn't bring about for yourself, right? And so what he does and I believe, and this is my prayer for you today in our church, that you would have an uncommon results type of 2023. Uncommon. But this is what he does. And here's, here's the just of what I'm saying today. But it's not going to happen the way the world has it. It's not going to do it. It's actually different. To be honest with you, God's way almost seems counterintuitive to the way that the world teaches and this is why Jesus, I mean, think about this for a minute. He's affirming a woman who's sitting down instead of working. What? And there's a ton of scriptures in the Bible that say, if you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible says that God will bless the work of your hand. God's not against work. God gave Adam a job before he gave him a woman. Come on, somebody. God, God's for work. That's not the issue. But Jesus is affirming somebody who's sitting down. Why? Because this is the way that we have uncommon results. And it's found in John chapter 15. Here's the process. John chapter 15, verse 7. It says this. But if, 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 it's not guaranteed, it's only if. What does that mean? If you do this, you can have what this says. If. There's a lot of scriptures with if. Well, you know, I just, if God wants to do it, he will do it. Yeah, that sounds real spiritual, but it's not the truth. Because there's a lot of ifs in the Bible. My church family, we are not waiting on God. God is waiting on you because there's an if. But if, if, watch this, if you remain in me. Now notice this. We're gonna start talking intimacy here. We're gonna start to talk in that what's going on on the inside. If you will remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask anything you want and it will be granted to you. That's an uncommon prayer life. 
Why does this happen? Because when you start to remain in God, here's what happens. God's heart becomes your heart and you start to pray prayers that you may have not thought about praying and you begin to pray God's heart over your life, over other people. And the Bible says you actually will have what you want. Why? It's not just this mamby-pamby wish list. It's actually your heart starts to become like God's. And then watch this. In verse eight, it says, when you produce some fruit, when you produce what? When you produce little fruit, it says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And watch this. This brings great glory to my father, which is in heaven. My church family we're going to have to break through some things in our life because God doesn't want you just to have little fruit. God doesn't want you just to have some fruit. God says he wants you to have much fruit. So the reality of it is, is God's presence has the power to produce in me what I cannot produce in myself. I cannot conjure up peace. I cannot conjure up joy. They're divine inner works. So if we're gonna have uncommon results in our lives, here's number one. There has to be a remaining before there's results. There's gotta be a remaining. There's gotta be a remaining. So watch this. Where is my priority? My priority is actually remaining in him. So God desires, I looked up this word much fruit. Much in the Greek language means abundant, large, numerous. You know, even since the beginning, what did God tell Adam and Eve? God said, be fruitful and multiply. When God says be, that means that he can already and he has deposited in you the capacity to be what he's called you to be. So when he says be fruitful and multiply, both of them had the capacity to do what he said. You have the capacity to bear much fruit in your life. Can I hear a good amen today? Why? Because God has empowers it. So this is what you have to understand this about God. God doesn't require what he hasn't already invested in you. You are blessed to be fruitful and multiply. You're blessed to do it. That's why there are people who say, you know, Pastor Phil, you know, me and my, my husband, we're trying to have kids. And, you know, I, I don't know. I know you have a promise here that God has said that you will be fruitful and multiply. Can I hear a good amen? Now, God has already done his part, but you got to do your part. And I'm not going to go into that this morning because there's children in here. And so do your part as much as you want but you have a promise and God keeps his promise. Can I hear a good amen today? This to me was mind blowing. When my pastor talk, started talking about this, I'd never, I'd never heard this. When he started really breaking through in our mindset that God wants you to bear much fruit. Why are you saying this, Phil? Because I think that there's this mentality that little is humble and humble pleases God because it's little. Humble does please God. But let me just tell you what humility is. Humility is just basically saying, I need your help, God. I can't do this on my own. That's what humility is. Humility is not little. And some people, I don't know why they confuse this, but they say, well, Pastor Phil, there's a scripture. The Bible says, you know, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. It doesn't say blessed are the poor in the bank account. 
It says in spirit, poor in spirit. What does that mean? A person is blessed when they come to the realization that they need a savior. There's blessing there. But apart from that, this scripture tells you and I that our businesses are supposed to bear much fruit. Our lives are supposed to bear much fruit. Our families and our children are supposed to bear much fruit. God gets glory when his children bear much fruit. Come on, say a good amen. Because I'm talking about you. But because I think we think results are our responsibility, then what we do is we have a lot of activity. Why? Because we think I'm responsible for results. So then what happens is we think a lot of activity leads to accomplishments. I got to accomplish. To be honest, my church family, oh, please write this down. You're not responsible for the results. What you're responsible for is remaining in him. God will bring about the results if you will just remain. So here's my focus. My focus is remaining. God will bring about the results. Listen to this. In the kingdom of God, my church family, it's actually possible to reduce activity and increase accomplishments. With God's favor in your life, you actually work less and God brings about more. Why? Because Mary's focus, here's what she was doing if we want to talk about her work. She sat herself down to listen. That's not easy. I'm going to talk about this next week, but that's not easy to sit down when everybody's moving around. But Jesus said she chose the priority. And you know, in the kingdom of God, with God's favor on your life, there can be uncommon results. Do you know the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter six that God can give you houses that you didn't build or you didn't buy? Uncommon results. Hear me, my church family. The same chapter says that God can give you wells that you didn't dig and the Bible says he can give you vineyards that you didn't plant. Let me say it this way. He can give you things that you didn't work for. You know our, what our problem is? We have a problem with receiving because we're so busy earning. That's worth coming. And here's the reality in the kingdom of God. It has to be received, not earned. You cannot, you cannot earn a salvation. You have to receive it. You cannot earn God's grace. You have to receive it. And that's the problem with a lot of people because why? Well, what do I have to do? That's too easy. It is. It's easy because it means everyone. If God said the way you could be saved is get down on your knees and get down on your knees and crawl to the land of Israel from wherever you're at, not everybody can do that. And if you can crawl on your knees to the end, the land of Israel, you will be saved. Guess what? Not everybody can do that, but everybody can receive. Everybody can make a decision to believe and receive that salvation. Everyone can make a decision to believe and receive God's grace. It's a simple, I receive. But you know what we like to do? We like to put ourselves in there and go, yeah, I'm saved. What happened? Well, you know, I went to church every Sunday and, you know, and we read the book every week and blah, 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 blah. And looky me, 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 me. All those things are good. But that didn't get you your salvation. Walking into McDonald's doesn't make me a French fry. Going to church doesn't make me a Christian. 
And so we're so busy earning that the truth is we've got to receive. And a lot of people who have a problem with generosity have a problem with receiving. Because the truth is you can't give what you don't have. Is this too deep this morning? Because the reality of it is, if God says give, the only way he tells you to give is he's understanding that he's already given to you. But if you don't receive it because you earned it, then guess what? Results are going to be limited, my church family. But the truth is, this word remaining in the Greek, it means this, to be knit by the spirit Listen to this, to remain as one. Everybody say one. There's that word again. Not to be or become another or different. So remaining in God means that I'm pressing into his presence. I'm hearing his word. I'm hearing his heart. I'm praying. And what happens? Then my thoughts, my heart become the same as him. Watch this. I'm not becoming different. I'm not having a different opinion than what God is saying to become different. So my responsibility is remaining and God will take care of the results. It's interesting because he says, I want you, I get excited when your life bears much fruit. The word fruit in the, lang- in the, in the, in the original language means this, an effect, result. Everybody say that, results. This word fruit means this, profit, profit. God says, I get glory. Jesus was saying, my father in heaven gets glory when you have much result in your life. Much result in your life. Now here's what's crazy. I think about all this. This truth has greatly shifted my life. I am results oriented. I want to see a lot of things move forward in my life. But there are certain things I'm just not responsible for. I'm responsible to remain. And here's what happens. This is how you get uncommon results. Those of you that have kids, have you ever, like I'll give you an example with my son. When he was growing up, we tried to get him to try an Oreo cookie. He wouldn't do it. And here's why. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's never had the pleasure, yet the privilege, of eating an Oreo cookie. He's never had the experience of having the chocolate and the fluff in your mouth at the same time. It's actually a little vacation in your throat. Never. Because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. But for me as his father, oh, you just got to taste and see that the Oreos are good. Nope, no, no. Until one day we bribed him. He said, if you take a bite of this Oreo, we're going to give you stuff that would go into his video game stuff. All right. Took a bite of his Oreo. Changed his life. We have Oreos right now in our cabinet, that he will come and walk from downstairs. I'll be in there reading my Bible or whatever. Hey, guy, what are you doing? Um, now he's sneaking him. Oh, I'm just getting an Oreo. Okay. Why do I say that? 
Because we can be like my son in life. We predict everything that we like and we don't like. I don't like that. I'm speaking for myself. I told God I would never pastor a church. I'm youth ministry forever. Pastor a church. No way, man. Heck no, God. I'm going to stay right here. Watch. Because I know what I like. And God's like, you don't even know what you don't even know. You don't even know what you like yet because some of the best things you have not even experienced or tasted. But you've got everything figured out. You've got your goals and your five-year plan and all the results that you want. And it's all the thing. And you haven't even tasted the goodness yet of what I have for you. And I'm like, okay, so... What do I do? I'm just going to start remaining. And I just started remaining and just started worshiping and started putting my effort into knowing God. Guess what happened? One day, I didn't want to be around them teenagers anymore. The ones I loved. The ones people were like, man, my, my kid gets along better with you than they do with me. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Man, it was just a grace on my life. There was no grace anymore for teenagers. And I said, God, what's happening? What's going on? My heart was changing. And then he started to put in my heart. And guess what? I was unsure, but I I know that God has his best for me. And so I said, God, if you're calling me, I had to pray. I didn't just say, fool, we're going to move to California from Texas. And then we're going to do it. No, you know what I did? I prayed about it. And God began to work in my heart. And my church family, I'm telling you, it was one of the best decisions that we've ever made. And I love what I do. But I didn't know that back then because I was like, no, God, no, uh-uh, no, I know. I got my life. I got my plan, blah, 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 blah. And then just by remaining it, we're talking about results here, that we would open up a church, that that would, because I'm planting a church, would make me an entrepreneur. I never thought I would be, I never dreamed of being an entrepreneur. I never dreamed of starting a business. When I say business, I'm talking about a business because church is business as well. As soon as there's exchange of any type of money, there's. A, I never saw myself as that. I never aspired to that. I never aspired to the title. But here's what God knows. He knows how he made you and he knows the purpose of your life, even when you don't know the plan and the purpose, he knows that there's going to be joy in the future for your life if you'll just remain in him. And so what happened is I just began to worship and I began to read the word. And all of a sudden God gave me a revelation for about gratitude. And so I never set out. I never set out to write a book. I never, none of those things were on my radar, but I felt like God started to, man, I need to sit down. I need to start writing this down. Well, what does that come from? These are results that start to come from remaining in him. And so I I wrote a book and you know, this past week I had somebody come up to me and said, Hey man, I'm just, I'm still, your book is just like, And this person I I highly, highly respect. And they said, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to meet, and I'm going to put you in front of 1,500 of my business owners that I know, and I want you to talk about that stinking book. And I'm sitting here going, God, only you. And I'm like, I never aspire to this. I can't even tell you if that makes me happy because I've never done it before. But what I'm saying is that God can bring about uncommon results that you did not even fathom or realize because the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has 
has heard what God has in store for those that love him. You know, two weeks ago, and actually two months ago, now there's a pastor in Pakistan that won't leave me alone. And he keeps saying, when are you coming? You're going to bring your book and we're going to do a pastor's conference. My church family, all I'm trying to say to you today is none of that is stuff that I would have said was a goal, but there's things in my heart that are starting to make me excited that I didn't even know that I liked. But you know what? He knows. And that is what makes life fun. It makes life great. But some of us, we have everything figured out. Some of you in your 60s, you already bought your casket. You're. But if you'll remain, you'll see results. Are you glad you came today? Because I'm going to let you have a little bit more. I'm not done yet. See, remain means you're pressing into his presence. You're connected. It means you're the same. Remain means not to become another. See, we need to be present in his presence. Jesus in the flesh was at Martha's house. Jesus' physical presence was at her house, and Martha was there, but she wasn't there. Her own priorities preoccupied her from drawing from his presence. Do you know that it's possible? I know you never do this. I do this quite often. Do you know it's possible to walk into my house that is full of electricity and still have my phone die? My whole house has work. We are powered by solar. We have electricity everywhere. And yet there's still times where my phone dies. It's not the power. It's the connection. Have you, I know this doesn't happen to you, but you think you plug your phone in and you wake up in the morning and it's not charged because it wasn't the power. It was the connection. Wasn't already plugged in. How do you know if you're plugged in? Look at your behavior. Look at how you act. Are you always irritable? Are you always like complaining? Is life such a, you got to get plugged in. Because I want to be present in his presence. Because you can come to church today and still not be here thinking about how the charger's lost. Should I stop there? I think I should stop there, right? You can, your mind can be here and you're not present in his presence. This is what's happening to Martha. And guess who's, who's, who's experiencing all the results around her? Everybody. She's complaining. She's upset. Can I hear a good amen today? I want to be present. Like we were in elementary school. John Miller, are you here? Present. Lilia Johnson, are you here? Present. Phil Valdez, here? Present. I'm here. And I'm all the way here. My church family, if you will allow God to add some grace to your grind, you will see uncommon results. I'm not here talking about not being a good employee. I'm not here talking about not having a good work ethic. But what I'm saying is if you have grind without grace, you end up just like Martha. This is why Paul said this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He said, by the grace, everybody say grace. 
by the grace. The Amplified says this, the unmerited favor that's been given to you, the blessing of God. Paul says, I am what I am. How many of you agree with that this morning? You are what you are today. You're here today because of the grace of God. Let me see your hand. We are what we are. And let me say this and let me add to what Paul's saying. And you will be what you will be in God by his grace. Right? But watch, his grace towards me was not to be found for nothing. Look at the the word, fruitless, there it is, without effect. That's actually what it means. So he says, when God's grace came to me, my life wasn't fruitless. Watch, when God's grace came to me, there actually was an effect. All right, watch, watch, here it is, because this is counterintuitive to the world. In fact, I worked harder than you all. And then in, in, my, in my Bible, Amplified, it's parentheses, the apostles. He's talking to the apostles. He said, I worked harder than you all. Here's the key. Though it wasn't really me. But what? Come on, say it loud. Come on, say it loud. I had a strength in my life, a power in my life that caused uncommon results. And I did more than other people because of the grace the unmerited favor and the blessing of God, which was with me. See, remaining in God and when we press into his presence, my church family, that's focusing on who you are internally. It's about who you are before what you do. It's about your being before your doing. My church family, if you know who you are, you will always know what you can do. But the opposite is true. If you don't know who you are, you won't know what you can do. I read a story this week about um, a coach that I wasn't familiar with. And I'm really sad that I just came upon this this week as I was studying priorities. His name is John Wooden. You may know him, but John was the basketball coach for the UCLA Bruins. Uh, His results were totally uncommon. They called him the Wizard of Westwood. And in more than 40 years of coaching, he had only one losing season. Think about, let's, let's talk about results here because they're important, right? Uncommon results. This is what he did. This, this coach, he led his UCLA teams to four undefeated seasons, four undefeated basketball seasons. Watch this. A record 10 NCAA championships, 10 of them, seven of them, watch, seven of them out of the 10 were in a row that he, that he won with his team. Seven championships in a row. Never had a losing season, only one. There's no other college team that has ever come close. Well, here's what they did. When they studied John Wooden, here's what they found, is one of the remarkable aspects of his coaching was always his ability to focus on his priorities, on his priorities. Now, here's the thing. His priorities were not the same as other coaches and other coach's priorities. Are you ready? I'm going to read you his priorities. And we know this because this is how, what he used to tell actually the, 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 the players on his team. His priorities were, watch this, I never scouted other teams. It was never his goal to win a champion. Wait, what? It was never his goal to win championships or even beat the other team. That was not his priority. What was his priority? This is what it read. His priority and his desire was to get each person on the team to reach their potential 
and to put the best possible team on the court. What John Wooden did for his team is exactly what God wants to do for us. Listen, John Wooden, he focused on what they were becoming, not what they were going to do. And he said, it doesn't matter what the opposing team is doing if I can get the best potential out of the people that are in my team, watch this, it doesn't matter what enemy we face. In other words, if I can get my team to know who they are and flow in the gifts that they have, we will be unbeatable. They had uncommon results. My church family, this is God's priority with you. When you start to remain in him, you start to realize your purpose, your potential. You start understanding the power that's available to you. Can I hear a good amen today? The priority of resting in him, uh, pressing in him. And so, you know, what happens is that you begin to understand who you are. You begin to understand what you can do. My church family, if you realize today who you are and who was in you, the size of the enemy would not matter. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But most people are not focused on what is inside of them. They are like Martha focusing on how come this person isn't doing that? How come this? And look at my house and blah, blah, blah blah, 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 blah. That's not how you win. That's not how you have uncommon results. But let me say this as I bring this to a close today. When I read this, something jumped out at me. It says he never scouted opposing teams. My church family, that's, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Going to look at what the other team's doing. And man, something sparked in me. I said, this is most Christians right here. I talk to people, they know more about what the devil is doing than who they are in Christ Jesus. They're so concerned with the other team. They're so concerned with the talent of the other team. And here's number two for today. And I want us to understand that the distractions can be so subtle. Do you know you can know everything that the enemy is doing and not know who you are in Christ Jesus? Come on, that's a good word today. You know, I, I talk to people, oh, Pastor Phil, you need to understand. You, you, just, you just need to understand what I'm going through. Listen how subtle this is. Pastor Phil, I gotta overcome the enemy. Actually, you don't have to overcome the enemy. I don't? No. That was already Jesus's accomplishment. The enemy is defeated. Did you see that subtleness? I gotta overcome. No, you don't have to already accomplish what Jesus already accomplished. That's why you have all this activity and don't see the accomplishment because you don't understand who is in you and who is with you has already overcome your greatest adversary. And if you knew who you were, it wouldn't matter the size of the enemy. And God is the one who can bring about results. You don't have to overcome the enemy. You just have to enforce the victory that God has already taken. The enemy is actually under your feet. Why would you prioritize him? Yeah, come on. You can give the Lord a good round of applause. 
Yes, my church family, I realize the Bible says that we are to be aware of his wiles, but that and his plans. But I'm telling you what, that is not my focus. I talk to people, oh, Pastor Phil, you need to understand there's a new COVID strain. It's coming out. It's COVID strain 4567 AB25. And it's coming out tonight at 6 p.m. We need to all bunker in our house, put four masks on. What? How do you know so much about what the enemy's doing? If you know, are you ready? I'm gonna get in trouble, but I think I'm already in trouble. You don't have to overcome COVID. Jesus already did on the cross. It's already done. It's uncommon results. You just have to step into it. And if you understand who you are by pressing into his presence, you don't have fear, you have faith. This is why when David, I I love this story because David walks onto a battlefield with a giant who is about nine feet tall, but he just says this, He goes, I've killed the lion and the bear. I know who I am, and you will be just like them. My church family, it doesn't matter if Goliath was 14 feet tall. David knew who he was, and when you understand who God made you, the size of the enemy doesn't matter. We need to stop looking at that and start focusing on remaining and putting our focus in who God made us to be. That's how you have uncommon results. Why are you talking about everything that the enemy's doing? And why aren't you talking about who you are in Christ? How the greater one relies on the inside of you. You know why? Because that's not your priority. Developing what's in you, what your priority is like Martha. You're trying to fix everything around you. But if you'll allow God to work in you, it's not going to matter what's going on around you. You can have uncommon results. Here's number three as we close today. When we talk about uncommon results, I think to me this is actually the greatest accomplishment of all. Is number three, my life starts to reflect his glory. When you think of the word glory, this is why I like to look words up in the New Testament because this word glory, people think shining bright light, you know, God in all of his glory. But actually here in the Greek, this word glory means to have a good opinion of. It means this, to be pleased. So as I'm remaining in him, right? I'm connected at the root. There's gonna be an uncommon result and fruit that comes out of that. And it's going to bear much fruit. And the Bible says this, God is very pleased with that in your life. He's pleased. I feel to say this. I don't, I just can't. You don't have to be embarrassed because your life is profiting. You don't have to be embarrassed and shy because your life is being great and having great fruit. You know why? Because when people see that, they're going to see that it's uncommon and it's going to eventually point them to God. That was the whole plan from the beginning is that your life would glorify him. My church family, Psalms 35 verse 27 says this, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his people. He takes great pleasure when you prosper the right way. I'm gonna close with this. Mary sitting at Jesus's feet she had a lot that she accomplished. She left an incredible legacy. It was that same Mary that when Jesus 
was sitting at their house eating, she took a jar and broke it open of expensive perfume. And she put it all over Jesus. And she wiped his feet with her hair and her tears. And Jesus said something about this. He said, what she has done, done. What did she do? She just worshiped. But in her worshiping, Jesus said, what she has done, everywhere the gospel is preached, her name will be mentioned. Why? Because in her worshiping and her pressing in and her remaining with Jesus, she understood what the gospel was all about. It was that the God of the universe would send his son and pour out on humanity forgiveness, pour out on humanity love, pour out himself. God gave you his best in Jesus. And he says, what she has done here today will travel and be her legacy. She didn't do really a lot. All she did was she had the right priority. And God gave her uncommon results. And I believe today, if we'll remain in him, you and I will bear much fruit in 2023. Come on, if you receive that, would you give the Lord a great round of applause? Come on, say, I'm going to be uncommon. Come on, say it loud. I'm going to be uncommon. Come on, say this loud. Say, I am not. Say it loud. I am not average. I am not average. I am not natural. I am supernatural. And to God be the glory. In Jesus' name. I get fired up. And I believe that that's going to be what's going to happen in 2023. Amen. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads in for a moment? Just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this awesome word today that we will remain in you, that we will not and let allow our thoughts to become different than what you think, that our hearts to become indifferent from your heart, Lord. But today we, we come and we align ourselves back. Father, we, we give you all of our expectation, all of our results, the goals. And we say, Lord, have your way. Do more than we even thought we could do in our business, Lord, in our life. Uncommon results. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, before your habits change, your heart has to change. And it's very simple how that happens. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I know that you died on the cross for me. You paid for my sins, so I don't have to. And I have faith in that. And if you believe that today, he wants to come inside your heart. And the Bible says he's the one that starts to change your desires. I had somebody tell me this last week, well, you know, I'm going to work on myself. We can work on yourself all day. You can try to save yourself all day, but why not let the one who made you change you? Let the one who who created you come inside your heart and empower you. That's the only way it works. And so I'd like to say a prayer today that if you're here and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, that you would do that today. Because the Bible says that all of us, it is appointed for all of us once to die, once at one time we will all close our eyes on the last time here on earth. And what you do here on earth, if you'll receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can spend eternity with he in heaven with God and also begin to understand your purpose and your potential here today with every head bowed and every eye closed. Excuse me, if you're here today and you would like 
for us to pray this prayer with you. I'd like for you to repeat after me. Listen, church family, everybody say this prayer. I don't want those who are saying it for the first time to feel like they are saying it by themselves. Would you say this? Everybody say, say, Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sin. I repent today. Come inside my heart and make me new. And today I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give all of them that prayed this prayer. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.